0: This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs. All of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Darnell Lisby. He is the Assistant Curator of Fashion at the Cleveland Museum of Art. Darnell, thank you so much for joining me today on The Photo Detective. Tell us something about yourself. What does an Assistant Curator of Fashion do at a museum?
1: Well, thank you so much for for having me. So I'm the museum's first fashion curator. And so my role is to obviously illuminate that around the history of fashion, but in this capacity, working at the Cleveland Museum of Art, which is a comprehensive art museum and has a comprehensive art collection. And it's my duty to do uh basically create cross-cultural intersections between fashion and the different kind of academic facets of the art collection. So I'll connect, like for instance, obviously with this show, connecting fashion with ancient Egyptian art, and then you have, with the Egyptomania exhibition, but then you have you know, I might connect fashion with Korean art, you know, or fashion with Chinese art. So, my my role is really kind of illuminate all of these different kind of cultures through fashion and representing their histories and their kind of cultural contributions to fashion as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's so cool because fashion often gets left out. Yeah, for sure. You well, get the you see the decorative arts. You might yeah. see the paintings, but then there's that disconnect between what the current Obsession is mm-hmm. and the fashion that people wore. People don't under don't necessarily understand that there's a connection there. Yeah. So I'm not actually sure how I heard about this exhibit that's at the Cleveland Museum of Art. I think it was on social media somewhere, but it's called Egyptomania. Mm-hmm. And this has to do with art and archaeology, but also how all this filtered into fashion. And that's what I really want to talk about is. What can we look at in a photograph and see the influences of Egyptomania? And was this your idea for this exhibit? How long did it take to put it together? You know, the usual questions.
1: So for sure. So for Egyptomania, fashion's conflicted obsession, I began that journey when I first started here at the CMA, in late 2021, early 2022. And I started the process of research, probably early 2022. And basically from then on to April 1st, which is when we opened the show, I've been working on the show and bringing it to life with all of my colleagues here at the museum. And so, you know, I guess A lot of the research throughout the show was really kind of different rabbit holes. So you kind of have to control yourself as a curator so that you're not veering off too many rabbit holes and too many paths. But I certainly found myself in a few that helped me illuminate really that connection and narratives that you can trace from Egyptological research into Egyptomania and then into fashion. So that's really the the course of the show of going back to, you know, early in American Egyptology and how that research was sent back to obviously Europe and the Americas. And then how that research turned into decorative arts and you see Egyptomania in art and decorative arts and also architecture, obviously, like things like as simple as like an obelisk, right? Like our Washington Monument to, you know, the interiors of homes. I have a reproduction of the Rockefeller home, a salon in the Rockefeller home that the Brooklyn Museum actually is, that is actually open to the public to see at the Brooklyn Museum in their period rooms where Rockefeller obsessed with Egyptomania. So he had wallpaper, an entire room dedicated, the furniture dedicated to Egyptology. And then his obelisk here in Lakeview Cemetery is also this highlight of of Egyptomania being consistent in Rockefeller's life. And so those are just two examples, but I have other decorative arts from our CMA collection, including a jazz bowl by Schrunkengosh that with this blue faience coloring is certainly owed to the obvious like blue faience used within, in ancient Egyptian art and jewelry and day-to-day materials. So we see blue faience used quite a bit in ancient Egyptian daily life. And so we've interpreted that into something, well, Schrunkengosh did into the blue jazz bowl in the particular jazz that we have in the exhibition is the one that eleanor roosevelt actually gave to her husband when he won the governorship in new york so it's it has all these ties to you know really the art deco movement and bringing that story in as well and obviously the big jazz age and certainly during that time after king tut's discovery 1922 we then see fashion really taking off with Egyptomania and Egyptian art as its primary staple, inspiration, equating that usage of of ancient Egyptian art as a source of elegance and sophistication.
0: so if we think about the photographs of the 1920s. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. So the discovery of King Tut, 1922. Great. Suddenly, everyone's interested in everything Egypt. It's fascinating to everyone. This reminds me of that scene in The Devil Wears Prada, where Anne Hathaway's character says, but it's just a belt. Yeah. And then everyone says, it's just a belt. No, not (laughs) so much. It's this, it's this, you know, tracing the roots of it all the way back. And then suddenly you're going to be wearing it. Mm -hmm. So the same is true for all fashion. But Egyptomania, what might we see as an influence in fashion other than like scarab jewelry i'm sure made an appearance oh,
1: so much you see so many references to to floral representations that we see depicted in ancient egyptian art right designers and design houses often look to like the representations of reeds and lotuses we often see some sort of deity or royal regalia often incorporated in fashion i have because the story continues into contemporary fashion and how it's remained a staple in fashion design as a, as a primary inspiration. So a lot of designers also use references to ancient Egyptian dress and how that's represented in art. So, you know.
0: It, but how would that translate into everyday fashion? What would, it, what would it look like? What would people have worn? Would it have trickled down
1: to well, the average
0: person or just be high fashion?
1: Certainly in the 1920s and 30s, so in the early part of the 20th century, when ancient Egyptian kind of Egyptomania fashion was certainly getting that like first wind or really the biggest wind, it was certainly luxury. But you did have people make different interpretations because a lot of that time people had their own dressmaker still, and you might have had the dressmaker add a little Egyptomania esque something to your wardrobe. So that was in day to day wear, but it certainly was reserved really for formal occasions, really kind of those settings, you weren't really wearing like Egyptomania inspired fashion to like work. Like that was like, it was really reserved for certain environments like cocktails or going to the bar, going to a party or evening event.
0: So in terms of color, it would be gold. Oh, everything! Everything green. gold, green, also that blue. that blue, that Egyptian blue. Yep,
1: that blue Egyptian blue, like that very deep green that you like. It uh, uh, breeds the and lotus,
0: green,
1: lotus yes, flower, yellow. So you'll see some yellow. You'll see some white. It, it it wasn't really there wasn't any kind of relegated colors per se, but it was just really kind of using your own interpretation based on your fascination of ancient egypt
0: now what about jewelry oh tons of it (laughs) like i can think of i my mom gave me this necklace and i i wore it for years and it's this big gold collar Mm -hmm. and now that i see the exhibit i'm like that that's got to be related to egyptomania you know i can see that on a you know a a King Tut statue. Yeah, the uh, bra
1: collars. Yeah, yeah. 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 So bra collars in ancient Egyptian culture were usually reserved for aristocracy and those who can afford those big, big necklaces that we call broad collars. And they also helped weigh the clothes down a little bit too because you're, they wore linen. So it was a nice also kind of color element too. Like the linen, obviously, if you, most of the linen at the time was either Non, it wasn't bleached or bleached like so. That's what how they got the white linen, the whiteness of linen. They bleached it, or sometimes those who were laborers didn't. They had unbleached linen. It was very coarse. And so, with that said, if you are aristocracy and you had your beautiful white linen garments, and of course, a dash of color in your beautiful broad collar, you were seen as elegant. And so, we've in fashion, you've seen that interpreted over and over again. It certainly is a primary reference point
0: yeah in the 1920s and the 1930s yeah. and then the king tut exhibit in the eight i think it's the 80s 1980s yeah. Yeah. goes around the country yeah. and then this influences well rings and pins Everything. and collars yeah. and colors we have uh, some
1: pieces of cartier in the exhibition from the 1920s and In late 1920s, throughout the 20s, actually, from all throughout the 1920s, and uh, they speak to that exactly what you're discussing. This idea of looking at ancient Egyptian references and interpreting it as this vehicle for continuing that, that curiosity about ancient Egypt, but in a way that not only uplifts their legacy, but also like creates this dazzling spectacle around the subject itself. What about like
0: platform shoes?
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't have any shoes in the show, <laughs> but certainly I've seen shoes over the years that speak to Egyptomania essence throughout the 20th century, and then even recently we we weren't we weren't able to. Lou did a, a kind of like an Egyptomania shoe recently, and he partnered with an artist who designed like the 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 kind of motifs that were printed on the shoe. They were like very much hieroglyphic-esque motifs. So yeah, we see it a lot.
0: Yeah, you see it a lot. It just, it never goes away. Never. (laughs) And what about makeup? I mean, so makeup comes to, you know, very popular in the 20s, right? Late 20s, you get the beginning of Maybelline and all of that. Mm -hmm. The smoky eye is, is that Egyptian? That
1: The smoky eye, cat eye, those are very much based within that kind of ancient Egyptian iconography, really. And so, you know, we don't really think about that because it's so embedded in our society. But certainly its foundations, we can see a certain correlation directly from the ancient Egyptians to today. And we actually have a cosmetic vest, an ancient cosmetic vessel in the show. And you can see the cosmetic vessel as two cosmetic vessels, actually. And one of them, you would have, there's like a small stylist that the Egyptians would have used to dip into the base and then put the galena on their eye. That's the black makeup. And it actually wasn't obviously just for style, but also for medicinal purposes. It kept out germs and bugs that carry diseases from infecting their eyes, and infecting their body. So it was a repellent almost. So you know, acted in both ways. We see that, of course, theatrically translated in fashion. I have the Dior 2004 couture show playing in the, in the exhibition on a loop. And I have photos from that show all around. You can see the big kind of eccentric eye makeup that certainly emphasizes that point of that being such an important aspect of ancient Egyptian daily life.
0: So mostly what we've talked about are the influences on female fashion. But what about men? I mean, do we see any influence in what men are wearing in from all of this discovery in Egypt?
1: Well, we don't. So you're talking about its translation into fashion.
0: Correct? Into fashion, right.
1: So their work. So, of course, this goes into a little bit of the politics of fashion in terms of like fashion being a very seen as a very woman's Realm, which obviously is certainly discredit because men certainly participate in those who identify how they identify participate across the board. But with that said, during the 20th century, you see a little bit of Egyptomania, as I've seen a briefcase, a men's briefcase actually that had this leather briefcase with this hieroglyphic kind of motif on it. I believe it's in the museum at FIT's collection in New- back in New York. Um, and so there were elements of accessories, but not certainly not like the full ensemble, because then they would consider that like a costume party, whereas women had more flexibility to kind of incorporate that or wear things that incorporated that. That's Later on in contemporary fashion, yes, you see more designers really kind of translating elements of menswear that are directly inspired by ancient Egyptian dress or incorporating some sort of reference to ancient Egypt in a very direct way. I see, I actually have more videos of Rick Owens and his menswear collections in the exhibition that certainly like pinpoint that
0: discussion. So what was I going to say? How, can anyone view any of these objects online?
1: We have a few objects Online, but most of everything will have to be seen in person. In person. <laughs> but I did recently do a live on the C- on the Cleveland Museum of Arts Instagram page, so you can really kind of see a glimpse upsta- of the upstairs gallery where the core of the Egypt domain exhibition lives. Because I actually curated out of the textile gallery here at the CMA, but then I also have what we call an intervention down in the Egyptian gallery. So there's a fashion. With a few accessories in the Egyptian gallery as well, so I curated out of both of those two spaces. But I, but for the Instagram live, it just shows the textile gallery. Perfect.
0: So I can't wait to see it. We'll yeah. definitely link to it. Is there a catalog or anything for the exhibit? No
1: catalog, but I, I did write a few resources. Uh, added a few resources. My that I published through our members magazine. I wrote an article for our April issue as well as another article. And then online, our CMA thinker blog, I also wrote wrote something about the show in terms of my thought process around cultural appropriation, which is one of the bigger tenets of the of
0: the exhibition. So if if you're a listener and when you go to the art museum, you think, oh, I don't, I'm not really interested in that Egyptian stuff. <laughs> and you kind of pass through the gallery very quickly. Darnell's here to say, don't be so quick. Yeah. Because a lot of what we see in contemporary fashion dates back all the way to the pyramids.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a joy to see because it also allows for their legacy to continue to live on, right? Like, I think that's the big thing about one of my conversations about appropriation is the cultural product and the culture where the product is inspired by comes from. Is that being celebrated? Is their legacy being continued? Because if that's the case, then that's considered appreciation. And so I picked objects that really show that appreciation of ancient Egypt as one of the cradles of many societies that exist today, including our own.
0: So. Darnell Listy, thank you so much for being on The Photo Detective. Thank you so
1: much. I appreciate it.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time.